0: Welcome to season four of the Retail Tea Break podcast. My name is Melissa Moore, the Retail Advisor, and each week I'll be joined by industry experts, retailers, and product creators to decode the myths, share knowledge, and give you an insight into the retail industry. So grab your cup of tea, sit back, relax, and listen in to season four of the Retail Tea Break podcast. Today I'm joined by a guest who says retail is in her blood. Having worked in retail operations and as an area manager, she went on to study for a master's in HRM. And then moving into the world of HR, she worked in various roles, culminating in her most recent role as people director in 2020, which gave her the responsibility for over 2,400 colleagues. Anya Grealish, HR and HSE director for Circle K Island, Welcome to the Retail Tea Break podcast.
1: Thanks, Melissa. Lovely to start you today. Really, really
0: delighted to have you here. I know you're an incredibly busy woman with such a huge workforce there. Um, But to kick us off, in the time that it takes to boil a kettle, tell us a little bit about your current role and also the business.
1: Okay, well, um, for myself, I suppose, as you said, I have a very strong retail operations background, but more recently, 10 years in HR uh, and responsible for HSE as well. So for Circle K, we have uh, 170 company-owned stores across Ireland um, and over 2,000 colleagues across those stores. So busy, um, geographically spread, multi-site uh, and all the challenges that comes with that. Um, so I, I became people director three years ago in 2020. Since then, you know, there's been what everyone has been dealing with, navigating COVID and the fallout from that. Uh, and it's changed people's mindset and it's... It, it, uh, give employees a different uh, view of the world, I would say. Um, So we've we've really focused on people then since that time. Uh, We've introduced introduced some new policies, we've a new miscarriage policy and a fertility policy uh, to help support people. Uh, We've launched our company Values as a global company, which has been an exciting time, um, and really focused on the likes of diversity and inclusion, workplace safety, so it's a lot of good people focus. Um, We also partner with Jack and Jill Children's Foundation, which is great, really proud to to support them and a great, great charity to engage with. Um, So yeah, lots happening in the people realm across Circle K at the moment. It's really
0: lovely to hear from such a progressive company. I think everyone listening will know Suffolk. We know where our nearest one is, as you said. They're so spread across Ireland and, and over Europe and beyond in that respect, but it's great to hear that you're leading from the front. So with that, you recently carried out research highlighting the issue of unacceptable customer behavior towards staff and colleagues. So I suppose really to kick us off today, what led you to carry out that survey?
1: Um, yeah, we, so we focused on, on harassment of our colleagues in particular. Um, and I guess in a nutshell, it's been brewing for a while. You know, there's always been very small instances of inappropriate behaviour or poor behaviour from customers or from third parties. But it just seems to be on the increase in the last year or two. And I, just talking to my colleagues across my, my HR director network as well in Circle K, it's, it's across all of the countries. It's not just in Ireland. Um, so, as it brewed, I suppose, and as we saw more incidents coming through and we saw our colleagues having to deal with with more difficult circumstances, we said we would take the decision to assess it locally, so we went out and spoke to our own colleagues did a survey with the, with them within the company to see what level of harassment they were experiencing. But also said, look, this is very unlikely to be just a Circle K issue. And just from talking to other people in the industry, we felt that it was a retail-wide industry issue. So we also did a survey for the retail industry to compare results and, and really to help us to, um, to market this, to go out and, and to, to get some media attention on it so that it became uh, a topical issue for everyone.
0: It's phenomenal and I think when I spoke to you originally I have to admit I said I wasn't surprised and I think that in itself is shocking that as someone that's worked in the industry for years I've had it but maybe it's almost become common ground which isn't right at all in in these days but so many of us are so used to it and I suppose when you talk about kind of unacceptable behavior or harassment what sort of things were colleagues coming back with i mean was it just verbal was was there a whole plethora of types of abuse that they were really kind of i suppose finding from customers
1: yeah i mean like you i wasn't surprised unfortunately but it's mm. so sobering to see it in black and white you know when you see these statistics come back even though you know it's there it definitely brings it home um so in terms of uh what people are experiencing like 83% of, of our colleagues had experienced some form of abuse from customers and we did ask some some detail around what type of abuse and the two the two leads um responses were around uh, foul language or verbal abuse but we did have some instances of physical abuse or of pushing shoving or yeah so You know, it's shocking. It really is. And it's shocking that in any way that it it has become acceptable. Uh, But you're right. We're used to it in some ways. And some of our stores would be in in more difficult areas than others in terms of the, the amount of this that they would experience. And one of the things we're focusing on is to really get the message to people in those stores that we know you may be used to this. We know you may see this as part of your everyday life, but you absolutely shouldn't. And we need to support you to reduce it and to make sure that it's not part of the norm for you. So actually, the, the big challenge we have is telling people, even if you're used to it, even if it happens every day, please tell us about it so that we can help address it.
0: It's really nice to have that support there and I think support you know wide across the organisation. You start to mention some of the results there and I suppose having kind of realised what the abuse or the unacceptable behaviour from customers is what sort of results did did you see from the survey?
1: Um, So we saw that as I said 83% of of colleagues experienced. um...
0: Which is shocking by
1: the way that's unbelievable that's
0: you know over 80 percent eight out of 10 colleagues so there's bound to be someone that you meet the next time you're in circle k that's had that abuse
1: absolutely yeah yeah it's a huge number um we also asked if any colleagues had witnessed customers physically assault a colleague um and that was a a huge number as well that was that was 50% said they had um they said that uh on the plus side that um employers, they feel their employers help them or their colleagues and customers behave inappropriately, that was high at three quarters, 74%, Um, but one of the biggest worrying stats outside of obviously um, colleagues having to deal with this was that 70% of retail workers said that they would consider seeking employment outside of retail because of this, because of these issues.
0: Wow and we wonder at the moment why it's a hard to get people into retail but b more kind of more so keep them like the retention rates are shocking in retail I think that's that's very clear for everyone to see at the moment um so people are now considering leaving because of this harassment Mm. the aggression the antisocial behavior how does that make you feel as someone that's been HR for the last 10 years the the impact is unreal
1: yeah it is that's Like a lot of other retailers, 2022 was a very tough year for us for retention. And I think it's the same across the board. And we have seen an improvement since around September, October of last year. And it's continuing to trend in the right direction. So we're delighted with that. We are putting in a lot of work to try and and keep people, you know, and and going out with more people-focused policies and looking at benefits and, you know, all these things that, that you try to do to help retain. But we certainly don't need the added complication of the threat of harassment. Um, We definitely don't need people to be considering a change out of retail because, you know, they may think the company is is good and that they enjoy working and they like their colleagues, but this external threat, you know, the the customer part uh, would really um, maybe veer them toward the change out of retail. So that's a really worrying stat, that 70%, but it's one that we say, well, We can help to influence that. We can help to um, let customers know that it's not acceptable. I always default to this, you know, the old way of the customer is always right. Do you know what? the customer isn't always right? (laughs) I I would say it's a very small number of customers, like 95, 98% of our customers are respectful. They behave appropriately. There's no issues at all. But it's that small number that has a big impact we can influence those people if we can help upskill our our colleagues to deal with them as constructively as possible you know and to have a set set of procedures that they can know that I will follow this if it doesn't work I will escalate it and you know that they feel they have that support I think that will have a big big impact on that retention piece as well
0: yeah and it's needed because again I think this is might be part of part of the problem when it comes Mm. to recruiting and retention but at least you're talking about it because again I think kind of retail wide at the moment Everyone's doing their own little thing and we know how difficult it is and we know how difficult business can be for so many right now. But at least I feel that you've opened this almost trap door or you've opened this can of worms and you're facing it head on that there is a problem out there. Again, as I said, I've had it. I'm sure so many people listening to this have had have had the abuse, the verbal abuse, the horrible things said, things thrown at them. But you know what? It's not normal. It's not normal in any role. And it certainly shouldn't be normal in our kind of industry when we are customer facing and we have to be. We can't work from home. Um, It is it's a fascinating problem, but it's great to hear that you are trying to do something about it. So I suppose with that, where do we go from here? Because surely it's not then just an internal problem for Circle K um, for you to find a solution. Where do you think the solution lies within the broader retail context or even the community?
1: Yeah, it it certainly is. And we're definitely getting feedback from across the board, across the industry when we did release this um, media campaign. Uh, I I know I've presented on some HR uh, forums and some of my colleagues have across HSE as well. And we're getting the feedback all the time from other retailers that this is is definitely an issue for all of them. I mean, where do we go from here? I, I see that as a couple of, maybe twofold that we can do some things internally. So one is around that reminder to the public, you know, don't forget to be kind, be decent, be respectful, just back to the basics, you know. And you might say not everyone will listen to that, and you're probably right, but if a small portion of them do, then it's a couple of people off our list, you know. So that's always worth doing. Um, Internally as well, we need to encourage reporting, as I said, to to so that we can address every single case and we can highlight where this is an issue because it's not in all of our stores it's probably in a small number of stores and if we can enhance um uh, the training that we do with those people if we can enhance the security we have you make better use of technology around anti-aggression systems and the likes that we're very willing to invest in that where it's needed tell um, us a
0: little bit more about that on your actually between the training what sort of training would you offer and then even technology because i think that would be quite new to a lot of people listening that you're mm-hmm. using technology to try and counteract this behavior
1: yeah, so we're at the very start of that journey. We're, we're working with some security consultants to to particularly monitor. We'd have the biggest problem with this in our Dublin City Centre standalone stores that we recently acquired. And it's just different types of customer, different types mm. of environments. So we're engaging with um, security advisors in, in that capacity for those stores and some of our higher antisocial behaviour stores outside of there. So we are looking at, from a training perspective, a couple of different things, like things as basic as training a store manager on how to deal with a situation where you have to bar someone or report to the guardee. Um, the, the biggest part for us is on de-escalation training. So uh, that's how to deal, because when we look, when we review situations, it's often a case that something small and you know, seemingly insignificant that a colleague does maybe kicks the situation off more, you know, and obviously not their fault. But if they were trained better in how to de-escalate a situation, then we could avoid some of them. Um, and then from a technolo- technological perspective, we're looking at these anti-aggression devices. One of the things that w- we're installing in some stores, which means that the, the colleagues will always have what's like a push-button wristband, um, and they it basically is- initiates um a response in a in a monitoring station who can then come on a speaker in the in the store and address the situation so they can call out anyone who is acting suspiciously or or acting inappropriately and also they will contact the guard immediately when they when they monitor the store and see what's going on so it might sound a bit um excessive maybe or but, but it's needed in some of our stores and where we need it we will install it
0: that's fantastic. And it's great yeah. to hear the kind of the wide range of of, I suppose, solutions that you're trying to implement to try and counteract what's going on. Mm. Um, but from the kind of solution side of things, you you had told me when we were talking recently that actually some of these solutions lie within
1: the community themselves. They may do. Yeah, we're just starting to explore that where there are in some communities, there are community support groups, particularly targeting uh young people teenagers and uh, mid-20s where they may be going down the wrong path and there are community groups who are trying to help them and and uh engage with them to keep them out uh, of the the drug scene and and the the violence scene i suppose so what we're doing is is we're trying to reach out to those community groups to see if we could work together to, to help reduce incidents in our stores as well
0: it's lovely to see you working with them, like, like that's suppose, the charity work you do, but taking retail into the community and into that wider population, um, not just kind of leaving it at, at your, I suppose, your boundary in many respects. Mm. The other thing I really want to talk about, because again, I'd love to see this rolled out across so many more retailers, is is the fact you held a kindness day in mm. January. Um, Love, love this idea. Would you recommend other retailers do it? And I suppose even start off by telling us what it was you did in January?
1: Yeah so we, we actually we did this across Europe um, so we picked a date uh, it was really a bit of a random date to be honest in January um, always good to do things in January when there's a bit of a slump after Christmas I suppose but really we wanted to highlight the challenge that retailers face and particularly our frontline sales systems face um, and it was really the message to go out and be kind so if our messaging on the on the point of sale was please be kind and it's that reminder that you know, we did it during COVID. We had people standing up giving uh, rounds of applause, standing ovations to frontline workers, really calling out that they were appreciated for keeping going through such an uncertain time. And you know, that's not that long ago. It's mm. three years, you know, three years ago since all that hit. So it's just actually keeping that value um, in customers' minds around what the retailer, uh, frontline staff are delivering. Uh, it's, 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 a, it's a really important service. And when we talk about retention challenges and we talk about attraction challenges to get people into that uh, kind of industry, it's the customers who will lose out at the end if we don't have people to serve them. So it's just that really simple, please be kind message. Um, Was it worthwhile? I would say absolutely for two reasons. One is that it reminds customers about the value of the retail workers. And number two, it gave our colleagues the message that we are thinking of them, that we want to help make things better for them and that we will go out and use our marketing space and use our our print run for that month for something like highlighting please appreciate please appreciate us we're here to help you you know so I think it was very worthwhile and it it was a simple step but a worthwhile message to give
0: it's such a fantastic idea like I genuinely think it needs to be done more any feedback then in that respect either from your colleagues or, or from the customer
1: yeah, we got lots of feedback, particularly from our colleagues to say, thanks for doing this, you know, thanks thanks for highlighting that we we are uh, an important service and that we should be treated with respect. So loads of engagement for, from our colleagues. Um, and customers are curious, you know, they're curious about what we were highlighting. And that initiated the conversation at the Philz around why are you doing this and, you know, a, any kind of... Uh, um, you know, banter and, and social interaction like that only goes to strengthen the, the circuit gate place in the community. So it was well, well worthwhile all around doing it.
0: I love that. And again, it strengthens that idea of customer service and the experience and communication. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, definitely looking forward to the next one. And I think more people will become so much more curious about it. So yeah. Final question, then, and probably leading on from from the survey and also from the kind of say, what's coming up for you and the business over the next six months?
1: Yeah, so uh, Certificate is always busy. Yes. <laughs> it's uh, it's fast paced. It's there's always loads going on, and look, we're all used to that at this stage, and, and we thrive on it. I think really. Um, so for the next six months, we've we've our sustainability journey. Like a lot of other businesses, sustainability is key for us at the moment. Within that, from the people pillar. We continue to focus on diversity and inclusion, um, particularly gender equality, where we would be, you know, we submitted our our gender pay gap report like every other company. And actually in store, we would have a very equal uh, gender split. Uh, Actually, at this stage, we have more assistant store managers who are female than male. So that's the other way. Yeah. Yeah. Store managers then will be around 50-50 and customer assistance will be 50-50. Um, but when you go further than that, so our area managers, we would definitely have bigger representation of uh, female than male there. So we'll focus on making sure that um, uh, I suppose open to everyone and attractive to everyone. And after that, obviously, people make their own decisions about what's right for them. But we just want to make sure that pe- you know our female colleagues aren't ruling themselves out without knowing the full story of, of the position. Um, so gender equality, huge, and for us. Inclusion is a huge one for us, we have um, quite a few colleagues at this stage, we've been working on it for the last year or two who have, who have come in and out doing work placements, so we work with St John of Gods, we work with Chime, uh, we're now working with NCBI and some of the ability groups, uh, employment ability groups, um, so, so we would have uh, quite a few work placement colleagues in and out. Huge, huge assets to any of the stores that they have worked in. Like the, the feedback from the store teams has been amazing. That they just think they bring so much. Uh, any of the workers we've had have brought so much to the teams, even in terms of the, the culture on site and the morale on site and everything. It's been really good. So what we'd like to do this year is continue to facilitate those work placements, but also see if we can give some permanent positions to some oh, of those amazing. colleagues. Come in. So that's that's a big focus for us in the coming year as well.
0: That sounds incredible, and again, it's it's you're leading the way here. This again mm. is done through most of retail. Diversity and inclusion is definitely. And I'm going to say trend, because I think a lot of people think it's almost kicking off as a trend. It's the right thing to do right now, as opposed to just being the norm of of the way the business should be run, the way people should be included. So it's lovely to hear that, I suppose, with your background in HR and even having worked on the floor, that, that you're really kind of thriving on this and you're pushing this as a key part, it sounds like, of the agenda.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, we see it as very important, and it's easy to tick the box and spread yes. out a couple of posts, and you know, yeah. put a put up a poster, a poster child of what you're yeah. doing, but actually getting it embedded into the stores is is a very different focus, and that's what we we'd look at this in a lot of a lot more of a longer term view, and see where can we get in the next couple years of years.
0: That must really add to the internal kind of level of service or or the morale, as you said, within different stores, having more people, a more inclusive mix of people in store.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, we, we talk about um, our store team reflecting our customers. And if you're really genuinely going to do that, you would have. A, a big mix of people and a big, big mix of abilities, you know, so it's the starting point for that, for sure.
0: Yeah, that sounds incredible. Um, we'll definitely have to get you back to talk more mm-hmm. about that in the future because it's something I'm incredibly passionate about as well within retail right good. now. Anya, thank you so much for your time today. And if you've enjoyed today's podcast episode, please like and share it. Connect with myself and Anya on LinkedIn or indeed find us and follow Circle K and the Retail Advisor across all social media and our websites. A reminder then that you can also listen back to past Retail Tea Break podcast episodes on your favourite podcast platform and also watch us on YouTube. So for today, Anya, thank you so much for your time.
1: I've really enjoyed our chat, Melissa. Thanks, a million.